Welcome to Zaslow Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 3. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before. For day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jarn Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome! Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Wednesday, the 27th of September. Good to have you aboard. We are part of the Believe Podcast Network and presented as always by Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3, If you've been involved in any kind of an accident, I send you to where you're going to get the money you deserve while you're treated like family. First, you call 911 after you're in an accident. Then you call Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800 747 And we all know, hey, we're just a few days away from week four in the NFL. We're right smack in the middle of this week, but we're a few days away from all the football you can handle. Week four of the NFL and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up-to-minute stats, news, scores, matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals 
from the NFL and college football. It's at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on stats, news, and odds. From the beginning of the seasons, all the way through the college football playoff and the Super Bowl. Bet Online gives you the access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the Bet Online website today or use your mobile device. Get in on the action. Remember, use promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, and you get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, today's actually a really cool sports day. We, we have a doubleheader for the Marlins, and we'll get to that in a second. So we have a doubleheader for the Marlins. The Panthers are back in preseason action. The games are not on TV. I think it's streaming, so probably not going to catch any of that. There's too much else going on. Uh, you have AEW Dynamite. Today's a, today's a pro wrestling that Everybody knows that. And you have Inter-Miami-Houston Dynamo at 8.30 tonight. U.S. Open Cup Final. It's at Drive Pink Stadium. So Marlins doubleheader... U.S. Open Cup Final, there's a lot happening tonight. This is a big sports day, and is today the day Damian Lillard becomes a member of the Miami Heat? 50-50, either he does or he doesn't. That's 50-50. I'm feeling good about it. So that's what's on tap here today. This is a big sports day, and we're going to have some fun. Here's what we got. So we're just a few days away from a monster dog. Week four, and it feels like we have a monster Dolphins game. Steve Tasker, WGR Sports 550 up in Buffalo. All-time great Buffalo Bill. Steve Tasker is going to join us on the show. We'll get to what's going on on Sunday afternoon between the big AFC division rivals. (coughs) AFC East division rivals, I should say. It's Wednesday, which means we get to tell you which NFL fan bases are having good times and which fan base are having hard times, daddy. So we got that coming up as well. But I want to start here. So the Marlins, yes, I want to start with the Marlins because I want to get this out of the way. So the Marlins were gifted a solid last night as the Braves were down 6-0 to the Cubs. They come all the way back, including what seemed to be a routine fly ball in the bottom of the eighth inning with the score 6-5, runners on second and third. Like, the right fielder airballs it. Suzuki didn't even touch his glove. Both runs come in to score with two outs. 7-6 7-6 Braves, they hang on and win 1-2, th- uh, was it 1-2-3? No, they had a man on the ninth, but anyway, it doesn't matter. So, the Cubs lose last night, and we know going into the final week, going into yesterday, the Marlins found themselves a game back of the second and third wildcard spots, Arizona and Chicago. Marlins own the tiebreak against both of them. So, with last night's Cubs loss, Diamondbacks won, the Marlins, they didn't play yesterday. So, and like I said, we'll get to that in a second. So the Marlins are a game and a half now back of the number two spot, Arizona. And they are just a half game back of the number three spot, Chicago Cubs. The Cubs have two more against the Braves. And then this weekend, the Brewers, who clinched the NL Central last night with the loss from the Cubs. The Diamondbacks, they have the White Sox, who are terrible. And then they finish up this weekend with the Astros, who are in a division title race with Seattle. So the Diamondbacks' final three games are very tough. The Cubs, their remaining five games now are very tough. The Marlins have a favorable schedule between the Mets and the Pirates this weekend. But the Marlins were thrown a major wrench yesterday by the Mets and an incompetent organization, incompetent grounds crew. Was there shenanigans going on? I don't know. 
But there was some type of storm there over the last couple of days in New York. And they did not take care of the field at City Field. They did not take care of the field properly. So what winds up happening? Like, here's what's going on yesterday. I'm watching, I'm watching television with my wife. We're in the Zaslow Mansion family room. We're watching on the big TV. So on the small TV, all right, it's 7-10. Let's put on the Marlins game. So I got the Marlins on. And, okay, the game is delayed. All right, but we're like an hour later, and I haven't seen a single raindrop. Why aren't we playing this game? I have the game on the small TV. And so the, the, the field was not properly taken care of the previous day from whatever storm where they, they left the tarp on, they didn't take it off, let the field dry. Like, the field was ruined yesterday. They couldn't get it done for the game. Did the Mets do this on purpose to fuck the Marlins? It's not out of the realm of possibility. That's a Bush League organization. Everybody knows that. Did the Mets screw the Marlins on purpose? And now the Marlins have a doubleheader today. The second game was already scheduled to be a bullpen, bullpen only game. We know the Marlins starting rotations at shambles right now. So the second game was going to be a bullpen game anyway. And now you have a doubleheader. Did the Mets purposely screw the Marlins yesterday? Not out of the question. So that's super aggravating. If you're a Marlin fan. Now, it's cool where, okay, today's a really big day. Every one of these games are huge, and we got a doubleheader for the Marlins. But it's only cool if they win that first game, and then you have a chance to take the second game as well. You lose that first game, and then you're super aggravated because now you have a bullpen game. And if you lose both these games today, you got a bad situation because the Marlins probably got to go 4-2 and two in these six games. And either the Cubs, who are already on one, or Diamondbacks have to go 3-3. Three and three. They're already 1-0. If you lose both these games today, you probably feel like you got to go 4-0 the rest of the way. So getting that first game, and it's a straight doubleheader, 4-10, and then they're going to go right into the next game. If you get that first game today, you're in a, you're in a, you're in a good spot. If you lose that first game this afternoon... You could be in a really shitty situation heading into the weekend. And look, this week, and we don't talk a ton of Marlins here. You know, we're we're watching on the periphery. But this is a huge week for the Marlins. I was telling my son yesterday, you know, the Marlins have only made the playoffs in a 162-game season. Like a real season. 162-game season. The Marlins have only made the playoffs in a 162-game season twice in their franchise history. Now, when you look at those two years, in 1990s, both years they were wild card. But both years, they had the wild card not sewn up going into the final week, but they were getting that wild card. They were leading the wild card. They were really good. We knew they were getting the wild card unless something catastrophic happened in the final week. The Marlins have had other weeks where they've been alive going into the final week, but I was like, all right, we're five games back with six to play. So you're alive, but you're not really alive. I don't remember another Marlin season where they're one game back with six to play going into the final week of the season like they are this year. This is a really unique... Now, if you're a halfway decent baseball team... You should have years like this every now and then. The Marlins have been a dreadful franchise forever. Everybody knows that. 
So this is a really unique final week of the season. Gotta get that game at 410 today. So I'm gonna be dialed into that. Now, before we get into the Heat stuff here, let's talk about the Dolphins, all right? And then we'll, we'll do Dolphins, then we'll do Heat, then we'll get to Steve Tasker, all right? This, so we have a Zaslow Show 2.0 poll today. Today's Zaslow Show 2.0 poll. Go to at Zaslow Show on Twitter, and you can vote. Here is the poll question. All right. Zaslow Show 2.0 poll. This weekend's game is bigger for the, and your answers are, Dolphins or Bills? Who is this game bigger for? And right now, with 72% of the vote, you guys are saying this game is bigger for the Dolphins. So I think a lot of what you're going to hear over the next couple days, and are probably starting to hear, it's bigger for the Dolphins because the Dolphins lose and it's the same old Dolphins. No, it isn't. That attitude is ridiculous. We're only in week number four, but if you think this team is the same old Dolphins, and you got a taste of it last year when they started 7-3, and three, offense was great, Tua was in the MVP conversation. If you think the Dolphins have to go into Buffalo this weekend to win for it to not be same old Dolphins, open your fucking eyes. You are not paying attention. This is clearly not, no matter what happens this weekend, the same old Dolphins. I couldn't disagree with that take more, that this is potentially the same old Dolphins if they don't win this weekend. We have already seen this is not the same team. What about what you've seen so far would tell you, no matter what happens this weekend, what about what you've seen so far include, I mean, a a winning a shootout at the Chargers, winning at New England convincingly, and scoring 70 points. But winning in Buffalo in week four is what's going to prove this is not the same old Dolphins. No, no, don't buy it. Nope. The Dolphins are not going undefeated. Losing at Buffalo is not a reason to sound the sirens that this is the same old Dolphins. But from the other side of things, if the Dolphins go in there and beat the Bills down, or just beat them, whatever. If the Dolphins go in there and beat the Bills, then it becomes, whoa, this Dolphin team is a menace. This team is unstoppable. For me, I know 72% of the vote is saying this game is bigger for the Dolphins this weekend. To me, this game is definitely bigger for the Buffalo Bills. The Dolphins are not going undefeated. Losing at Buffalo, a Super Bowl contender, there's no shame in that. It's not like, you know, like I'm really down on the Cowboys and what they, you know, couldn't do last weekend in Arizona. That to me feels like same old Cowboys. The Dolphins going to Buffalo and losing to the team at the team that everyone thinks is going not only going to win the AFC East, but a Super Bowl contender. There's no shame in that. Losing at the Bills in week four does not make you same old Dolphins. But if you go into Buffalo this weekend and win that game, 
that is a major eye-opener for the rest of the National Football League. Oh, Zazzle, are their eyes already open? They just scored 70 points. Look, that game had a lot to do with Denver being terrible. It had just as much to do with the Dolphins being amazing, but you don't score 70, you don't win by 50 without the other team playing a major role of futility. All right? (laughs) Yes, the Dolphins have everyone's attention, but this game to me, if the Dolphins go into Buffalo and they win this game, then it becomes, holy shit, this is a very, very serious team. This game to me, is much bigger for Buffalo. This game, you know, the whole prove you're not the same old Dolphins. They've already proven that. They've proven it over the last year plus. This game doesn't have anything to do with past Dolphin teams. Same old Dolphins is garbage. That's done. This is already not the same old Dolphins. This year, and this game in particular, this game in particular is in Buffalo. If the Dolphins win this game, They tag the Bills with their second divisional loss already. They lost the first week at the Jets. The Dolphins would have 2-0 in the division. On top of that, the Bills would then be two back of the Dolphins and chasing them the rest of the season with Week 18 in Miami. They would fall two back of the Dolphins right now, really three back of the Dolphins because the Dolphins would own the tiebreak, and then the next game is the last week of the season. So, and it's and it's in Miami, of course. This game, to me, is so much bigger for the Buffalo Bills. Now, if the game was in Miami, I would feel different. The game's in Buffalo. The Bills already have a divisional loss. The Dolphins are this super high-scoring team. Buffalo cannot afford to fall two back of them and lose the initial tiebreak at home at this point in the season. This game, look, 72% of the vote, you guys are saying the Dolphins game is much bigger than the Dolphins. I disagree. I do not agree. This is not the same old Dolphins no matter what happens this weekend. They're going to lose games. Losing at Buffalo would be a game where it's like, yeah, all right, I can see that. And on the Bills side of things, they have a lot to lose this weekend. They are playing catch-up. The remainder of the season, the Buffalo Bills, if the Dolphins win this game this weekend. Look at what the Dolphins have after this week. If the Dolphins win this weekend, Dolphins move to 4-0. Then, and they're already, they're 2-up on Buffalo, they're 2-0 in the division. The Dolphins are then hosting the Giants, probably without Barkley. Who cares even if they have him? They're hosting Carolina after that. And then the Dolphins go to Philadelphia, Sunday Night Football, super tough game. If the Dolphins win this weekend... The Dolphin fan is staring 6-0 right in the face. Losing in Buffalo is an acceptable loss. Buffalo, though, loses this game. You're two back of the Dolphins, two losses in the division, one of the losses at home to Miami, and the Dolphins have a chance, schedule-wise, to get to 6-0. Yeah, this game means a lot more. For the Buffalo Bills this weekend. A lot. You cannot convince me otherwise. Game means a lot more for the Buffalo Bills. Oh, it's so exciting. When I was a kid, the big game every year. 
was always the Bills. I, I tell this story every year. Well, it's not a story, but I make this point every year. If I had the chance to go to one game every single year, that game was always the Buffalo game. The Dolphins schedule comes out. Me and my dad take a look. We didn't have a lot of money. Maybe we could afford to go to one game. When are they playing Buffalo? That's the game we want to go to. And Buffalo's been good for five, six years now, whatever it is. The Dolphins are good now. And this weekend, this is what it feels like. This is what it felt like every year, twice a year, throughout my childhood when the Dolphins were playing the Bills. Bills were always good. Dolphins were always good. These games were always huge. And this is how you know it's not the same old Dolphins. Because this is a huge game this weekend with the Buffalo Bills. That's how you know. That's how you know it's not the same. So, man, this is the game this weekend. And I know, look, if this was, if they were able to do flex scheduling, this game would be Sunday Night Football. Like, what's Sunday Night Football this week? Let me see here. Hang on. Everybody calm down. Sunday Night Football, Jets and Chiefs. I mean, again, like, it's enough of Zach Wilson in primetime. We don't need to see this. Yeah, like Dolphins-Bills is absolutely the game of the weekend. Let's see Let's see what else we got. All right, it is Dolphins-Bills. Thursday Night Football tomorrow, Detroit-Green Bay. That's a good one. It's not Dolphins-Bills. What else is good here? Baltimore-Cleveland. It's not Dolphins-Bills. Um, what else? Hmm. New England-Dallas. Not Dolphins-Bills. Monday Night Football, Seattle-New York Giants. Dolphins-Bills is easily the best game of the weekend. All right. Let's get to some Heat stuff here. Before we do that, guys, I've been telling you about the only car dealership I personally endorse, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Why am I doing that? Well, listen, I want to make sure if you're thinking about getting a new ride, that should be an exciting experience. If you're in the market for a new car, you can't decide where to go, I send you to North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. You walk in the showroom doors. A member of their friendly sales team helps navigate you in the right direction. They're going to ask you what you're looking for. Maybe you're looking for something big, something spacious, a Subaru SUV for the entire family. Maybe you're just looking for something reliable, a Subaru sedan to get you to and from work, your daily commute. Whatever it is, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru is sure to have the perfect model for you. And the North Fort Lauderdale Subaru promise Guaranteed most money for your trade, three-day exchange policy, out the door in 90 minutes or less after you say yes, 100% credit approval, lifetime vehicle warranty, shop nflsubaru.com, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, conveniently located on North Andrews Avenue, just north of Cypress Creek Road, the building you know and the place to go, nflsubaru.com, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. So... I don't know if it's happening today, but I str- and I told you guys this yesterday. I strongly believe the Heat are getting Damian Lillard. <laughs> I, I think the last couple days has all been about the Blazers trying to get the chatter, trying to get the leverage. I don't think Toronto's a real player. I don't. Damian Lillard would never want to go to Toronto, not because it's not a good city, but if you're going to play for a bad team, like Toronto doesn't become a title contender. Damian Lillard loves Portland. But he wants out of Portland because he wants to play for a title contender. Toronto doesn't become a title contender with Damian Lillard. Miami does. If he was going to go to another team and not be a title contender, he'd stay in Portland. And that's not a mess that Toronto 
is going to want to hand, want to deal with. It's not a mess that's it's not a gamble that Toronto is going to want to get involved in. Okay, maybe they don't want to re-sign OG Ananobi as a free agent after next year. All right, use him to get someone in trade who you could keep on your team and build, not a disgruntled star in Damian Lillard who's going to want out. There is no way you convince me that Tyler Hero, they're not going to be able to keep Tyler Hero. I know we're holding out this hope that they're going to be able to keep Hero. There's no way. There's no way. There is no way you convince me that Tyler Hero, two first-round picks, it'll be 2027, uh, excuse me, 2028 and 2030. And I'll get to why in a second. And, and by the way, those are good picks because whoever Portland trades Damian Lillard to, they're going to be really good, right? As long as it's a title contender. They're going to be a really good title contender. So if you get their picks in 2024, let's say, in 2026, they're going to be in the low 20s. But if you take the Heat's picks, which are the only ones right now they could trade, 28 and 30, Lillard and Butler are not going to be on the team anymore. Those could be really good picks for the Blazers. Anyway, you cannot convince me that Tyler Hero, two first-round picks, and one, not both, not three, one of their young good guys, so Jovich, Hakez Jr., or Kayla Martin, is not a good deal for Damian Lillard. It is. Lillard is 34 years old. He has over $200 million left in his contract. If Portland doesn't recognize that this is a good deal, the owner needs to step in and fire Joe Cronin. It really is that simple. That is a good deal for the Blazers. Now, The Heat, should the Heat have to give up three first-round picks? I don't believe so, but let's say they want it. Let's say that's what gets the deal. Like, if that's what's holding up the deal, you do it. The Heat can unlock an extra first-rounder with OKC. What does that mean? All right, well, there are rules. There are stupid rules, but there are rules. You can't trade a first-round pick more than seven years out. That's why we can only go up to the 2030 first-round pick. You also cannot trade first-round picks in back-to-back years. That's why it's 28 and 30 are the ones available that we could trade to Portland. What about the others, Zaslow? Well, the Heat owe the Oklahoma City Thunder their 2025 first-round pick lottery-protected. Because it's lottery-protected, the pick may not convey in 2025. If it doesn't convey in 25, then they get it in 2026, unprotected. So since we don't know technically yet which year it's going to be, the Heat can't trade their 24 first-round pick because it may be back-to-back years with 25. They can't trade their 27 first-round pick because it may be back-to-back with 26 if 25 doesn't convey. You understand? So how do they unlock another first-round pick? Well, they can call Oklahoma City and they can say, hey, how about instead of 25 unprotected, we just make it a 26, I'm sorry, 25 protected, we just make it a 26 unprotected. And you would figure, okay, why wouldn't Oklahoma City do that? Wouldn't they much rather an un, a guaranteed unprotected pick? Well, the answer to that is yes, but Oklahoma City can also be a dick about it, and it's like, all right, I, like, you need us to help you, so 
what are you going to give us? Like, we, we think that the pick is going to be protected in 25 and we're going to get it unprotected in 26 anyway. What are you going to do for us to help you out here? And Oklahoma City's totally within their rights to do that. So maybe they send them an extra second round pick somewhere. I don't know. I can't predict the future. But let's say they do that. So they move the pick to 26 and now the Heat can trade 24, 28, and 30. So that's something that the Heat can do. That's something that, like, again, I don't think they should have to trade three first-round picks for Damian Lillard. But if that's the holdup, you got to do it. Like, what are we talking about here? So is today the day? Is today Damian Lillard day? My conviction is even stronger than it was yesterday that the Heat are going to land Damian Lillard. Is today the day? Will we wake up tomorrow morning and we get to, and we get to celebrate Damian Lillard as a member of the Miami Heat? I do think we're getting close. I really do. Guys, let me take a moment here before we get to Steve Tasker. We'll talk some Dolphins bills with him. I've been using Brunt Insurance for my homeowner's insurance for about 10 years now. And that's because with Greg Brunt and his team at Brunt Insurance, I'm getting the experience. I'm getting the expertise where I know that I'm getting the most comprehensive insurance policy on my home and I'm getting it at the most affordable rate out there. Now, maybe you're listening right now and you're not in South Florida. That's okay. Brunt Insurance, they have offices all throughout the state of Florida. Number one insurance agency in the state. So wherever you're calling from, from Pensacola all the way down to the Keys, Brunt Insurance has you covered. And not just homeowner's insurance. I get my homeowner's insurance with Brunt Insurance, but they specialize in home and auto and life insurance. Do you need for your motorcycle, for your boat? If you don't own your home, renter's insurance, condo insurance. The point is, if you're looking for affordable care and the best coverage out there, you're making the right call. 954-589-2204, bruntinsurance.com. There are so many options out there. It's going to make your head spin. You can't do it on your own. Don't worry. Brunt Insurance specializes in making all the confusing options out there crystal clear. Brunt Insurance, 954-589-2204, bruntinsurance.com. All right, so we, we have a monster game this Sunday afternoon. Everybody knows that by now. Dolphins, Bills, week four. Just like last year, early in the season, it feels like we have a huge game for these two teams. Steve Tasker, all-time great Buffalo Bill, WGR 550 up in Buffalo, joining us here. Appreciate your time again here, Steve, joining us. And I feel like, you know, back when you were playing for the Bills and 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 I was I was a teenager back then watching Marino and Kelly, it, whenever the Dolphins and Bills got together, that was a major, major deal. And it kind of feels like we're back in that place. Now, mainly it's been the Dolphins' fault. The Bills have been good for a little while now. And now with the Dolphins back, it's seemingly on that level. It feels like old times where these are the huge games of the season, right? Yeah, it does. And um, I think the thing that adds to it is the fact that they've been division rivals for so long. Um, and for a long time, there were no meaningful games between them. Now you've had playoff games. Now you're, you've got these two teams vying, particularly with what's going on with the Jets this season. You've got these two teams vying for the vi- division title. And with the Dolphins playing the way they are this early point in the season, you're starting to think about playoff seeding, getting that bye week at the time. So this is exactly the way the situation we used to be in with Dan Marino and Jim Kelly and Bruce Smith and, and all those guys that um, – 
you know, you're Don Shuland, Marv Levy. I mean, two icon coaches, iconic coaches. Yeah, the, it's the meaning of the game and what happens with the game that makes this so big. There's a lot going on here, a lot at stake, and you feel like this game's going to carry some weight when the season's said and done. Did you hate the Dolphins when you played? I, I tried to. Uh, it was easy early on, and then uh, I played in the early '90s. I played in the Pro Bowl, and Don Shula and the staff were the were the coaching staff. And then you know he's and you like them. Turned turned out he was a great dude, right? <laughs> and then so that kind of made it hard to dredge up the animosity that I'd always had been so easy to do. You know, I kind of like the guy then. I still do. Uh, uh, God rest his soul. Uh, his son Mike's in the building here in Buffalo, so I know him. You know, great dude too. So. Yeah, uh, it used to be it was very easy to dredge up some animosity. Uh, and then it got a little more difficult, too. Jim Kelly and Dan uh, Marino, they were good buddies. Dan would come up here in Buffalo and play in Jim's golf tournament every year. And and it, it, Dan is a, is a friend of mine as well. But we worked together at CBS for a lot of years and, and uh, spent some time together. He's a good dude. Uh, so, yeah, at, back in the day when it first started, uh, I, had, I had as much animosity for toward the Dolphins as any Bills fan. Uh, but as you play those guys and learn to respect them as players and coaches and then get a chance to know them off the field, that became difficult. Fans love that stuff. I mean, an all-time great memory for me as a kid is Brian Cox and the middle fingers. Like, whoa, he hates the Bills just as much as I do. Like, that's endearing to fans. And I don't feel like – like, I don't – I'm just guessing. I don't know that – I don't think anyone in the Bills locker room hates the Dolphins right now, and I don't know that anyone in the Dolphins locker room except maybe Christian Wilkins and Josh Allen. Otherwise, <laughs> like, like I don't think any Dolphin hates the Bills, you know? Yeah, well, they don't have that baggage to carry around, you know, like like so many guys did back in the old days. I, I came in 86. There were still guys that were part of the team early in their careers that remember over the 70s, you know? Uh, fans certainly there's still a generation of fans who remember that uh, there's still a generation of fans who remember Brian Cox and who, by the way, I, I have a relationship with him. He's a good dude. I, I know Brian as well. Uh, and I tell Brian this all the time. Um, players kind of, and coaches kind of think like this, but even back when Brian was the, the arch enemy uh, of bills fans, you know, we'd watch films of those, Miami teams getting ready to play and we'd watch their defense. Uh, we'd watch them play. We'd watch them play the teams that, you know, in the, in the scouting department, you know, we'd scout them. So you'd see the Dolphins defense play all these other teams. And for us on our offense, uh, I tell Brian Cox this to his face. I've told him this a number of times. I said, he was the guy on the Dolphins team, even aside from Dan on the other side of the ball. Brian was the guy on the Dolphins team that we wish we had on ours. He's the only one. Uh, he was that kind of player uh, who was absolutely had zero give up, who was gritty, would do anything to win the game, uh, would be selfish or unselfish. He would sacrifice his body and everything. Uh, he played the game in a way that was admirable, even to his opponents. And despite what the fans thought of him, there's a lot of love and respect for Brian Cox and the way he played in our locker room. So, yeah, uh, none of the players on, on these squads, I, I mean, uh, I mean, they, it's a, it's a division rivalry. It's a big game. It's an important game, uh, but it's hard to make it personal 
in, in this day and age. And I, and I think that's one of the things that um, is different about yeah. it. Yeah. It's an early season game. It's, it's only week four, but it feels like a huge game, especially because, you know, Buffalo, if Buffalo loses, that's two divisional losses and it'd be two games back of Miami in the early part of the season with week 18 being in Miami to close the season. Do you, do you think does, does one team need this game more than the other does? Well, strictly numbers speaking, it's more important for the bills. Uh, they don't want to drop two games behind Miami at this early stage of the season with Miami playing the way they are. Uh, you would really be hard pressed to think you're going to gain two games on these guys over the course of the season. Uh, you could do it on Sunday. Uh, now, you know, they could switch places with them in the standings. They'd both be three and one and the bills would have the tiebreaker. So uh, it would be a, it is a big game for Buffalo. Uh, Miami probably statistically and with wins law, it probably doesn't need it as bad as Buffalo does. Uh, but certainly it gives their Miami's margin of error a, a huge boost if they go two games up on Buffalo at this point of the season. When you're keeping track of the Dolphins and Broncos last week and you see the score keeps climbing and climbing and climbing and the Dolphins score 70 and they win by 50, what were your thoughts? Well, I, first of all, you knew Miami could score some points on, on teams. Um, uh, when you score 70 on a team in the NFL, it's not just about the Dolphins and their team speed and how good they're playing offense. It's about the Dol Broncos as well. Uh, I think the Broncos checked out of that game early, and they, and they got pummeled for it. Uh, they're certainly a, in a rebuilding phase, no question about it. And certainly you're going to have bad games. Uh, when you're doing going through the phase with a new head coach and and the kind of things that they've got going on with their roster and their team build, uh, but that's what happens when when a team when a game like that happens, one of the teams, uh, you know, is you know the Broncos had as much to do with it as the Miami Dolphins did. You can't take anything away from the Dolphins, but the Broncos certainly probably have some soul searching to do. Yeah, like the, the way that I said the other day no team is 50 points better than another team. Right. Like something really bad happened on Sunday or something really great also happened, you know, for, for that to wind up happening on Sunday. Yeah, that's right. Um, the Broncos, you know, they only scored 13 points in the game offensively, yeah. uh, gave up a kick return late, did the, the Dolphins, but um yeah, that and you you've seen the pictures where you know there's like six or seven Broncos guys on the ground with the guy running past them. Yeah, it's just it's just not a good look. And I think they were just the Broncos were ready for that game to be over well before it was actually over. I I thought this was a great win for Buffalo this weekend. I mean, obviously they blew them out, but it's on the road. It's a Washington team that definitely felt real good about themselves going into the game, and and Buffalo crushed them. Uh, the difference between losing week one in New York and maybe the way the fan base felt compared to how they're feeling right now about the bills is what? Well, I think they're, I think people know that even in week one, um, the bills really were, were as big of an opponent as the jets were uh, to themselves, the bills, you know, kind of, and that's the way it's been under Sean McDermott. It's been a very good football team for a handful of years now. They've been contenders. They've been division champs three years in a row. They've been in the playoffs four or five years in a row. They are they're a good football team. And I've made the the case that uh, 
they've been good enough to go to and win a Super Bowl for a number of years now. But you got to play well on the day that your season's on the line. They haven't been able to do that. Uh, I think the the thing about this Bills team is that if if you're going to beat them, they're going to have to help you, or you're going to have to make them help you. Um, they're too good on offense, too good on defense. That if they don't give you any help, they're really too tough to beat. But they have a propensity to do that. They turn the ball over, uh, and when you do that, you do give teams a ch- teams a chance, teams who can't play with you a chance to play with you, and good teams a chance to beat you. And that's where the Bills are right now. The Dolphins are good, a team good enough to beat them, uh, but the Bills are going to be right there at the end of it, even against good teams. So I, I have every reason to believe this is going to be a, te- a game that comes down to the wire, much like that the uh, game did last year with two up here in Buffalo, where Bill, the Bills won it with a field goal late. I think that's what this kind of game is going to be. Um, I, I don't anticipate this getting out of hand on one side or the other. Uh, but if the Bills play their game and mistake-free, and I'm sure the Dolphins feel this way as well, if they play their game and don't make mistakes, it's going to be their game. Um, and I think that's where these two teams are right now. Steve, we all know Josh Allen's great. Give me some thoughts on Tua and what you've seen and just his growth and where he's at. Right now, so we've had you know we've had fun you know having our way with with Tua up here and and you know saying that you know the Dolphins' plan in the off season was to give Tua a new helmet and teach him how to take a butt whooping. You know, I mean that was their plan, and you know. And that's really it. We treated people outside of Miami have treated Tua a little differently than we treated any other player in the league. We've held his injury history against him. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't do that, he's a really good quarterback, really good quarterback. Uh, and they've built this team around his ability to get rid of the ball and do it accurately. They've given him some weapons that are stellar and that he can exploit. Um Mike McDaniel has given them a kind of innovative offensive scheme with the quick motion and the speed using the speed and out leveraging a team at the snap uh, in order to get big plays. Uh, so they're, they're an elite football team. Tua is playing at an elite level. We've seen him do it at stretch for a stretch last year before, you know, before the injuries hit uh, and now they've taken right up and done that. So whenever two is on the field, this team's got to feel like it's an elite offense. And you got to give him the credit for making him feel that way. Finally here, Steve, uh, as, as a former pro yourself, I'm wondering what your thoughts were with the Dolphins kneeling the ball on fourth down. A lot of fans wanted them, obviously, to kick the field goal, go for 73 points. Uh, are, are you of the mindset where, hey, a record's there, let's go for a record, or do you like the way the Dolphins handled it? Yeah, from the outside in, I like the way they handled it. Um, you can make a case either way. Uh, back in the day when Bill Belichick and had Randy Moss and Tom Brady and they were ringing people up and they were, they went, you know, 19 wins in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got there on a lot of weeks, running it up on people. They were still throwing the ball deep late in games when they were up by multiple, multiple scores, they were crushing teams. Um, and I thought that that was a pretty effective way to go through the season. You didn't want to show any, let up at all. Um, and so you can make the case that yes, when karma, when, when Mike McDaniel mentioned karma, I get it with not doing it, but I also think that it, it says something about your team when you don't care, you're going to run it up on people and you're going to go and that, that it kind of throws a gauntlet down in your own locker room about your preparation and about how you get ready mentally for games and about how you feel, forget about the opponent. We're, we're going out there and we've got our foot on the gas all the time and that bleeds over into your defense as well 
they they're going to have that attitude. So I don't know that Mike McDaniel did his team any favors by not kicking the field goal, but by making a statement, uh, certainly putting uh, Mike White in makes a statement enough uh, about listen, And I, and I agree with that. Let him throw it, run your offense. Uh, if, if you're still scoring with your backup players in as many backups as you're allowed to put in, in the NFL, because the roster is so small, it, let them play. Uh, and I do agree with that, but going out and, and taking a knee at the end, um, I, I, I liked it. Uh, but in the big picture, you wonder how it's going to play, you know, um, because those games don't come along very often and I get it and playing hard till the very end also makes you vulnerable to the very end, a twisted ankle, a pop knee, a, you know, shoulder, shoulder, and whatever. It, it leaves you open to the risk that every play gives in the NFL. Um, I, I, I liked it. I thought it was a good move by him it, with karma and all of that. I thought it was right on point for him. But I also know that when you go and you go out and you're playing hard, it says something about your team and to your players if you're going hard to the very end and coaching hard to the very end. So I, I think it remains to be seen what that meant. It's going to be a lot of fun this weekend. Uh, and apparently from what I saw, the weather's going to be nice. Yes. Yes. It should be absolutely spectacular. Low seventies. Yeah. You're, it's going to be great. Very it's going to be a great game. Very good. Thank you for joining us again here, Steve. I appreciate it. Enjoy the game this weekend. My pleasure, John. Talk to you later. Excellent job by Steve Tasker. Buffalo Bills. Great. And of course he and all guests who appear on Zaslow show 2.0 are always brought to us by the official beer of the program. Johnny Cuba. I mean, how are you going to enjoy tonight? Inter-Miami trying to win that U.S. Open Cup final. You're going to do it with a Johnny in your hand. That's right. I'm sitting on the couch in the Zaslow Mansion family room. I got a Johnny Cuba on my right hand. I'm sitting there in my underwear. I'm enjoying watching the game. We're hoping Messi's playing tonight. If you don't know about Johnny Cuba, you pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, your new favorite beer, your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. Got a message on Twitter the other day. I've been looking for Johnny Cuba everywhere since I heard Zaslow talk about it. I hear it's so delicious. Where do I pick it up? And I'm like, yeah, Sedanos or Presidente or Winn-Dixie or Fresco y Mas. If you don't know about that Johnny Cuba, we're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. Remember, always drink responsibly. And of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. Now, guys, one of our OG sponsors here, Sheets and Giggles. I love telling you guys about Sheets and Giggles because I want to make sure you guys get the best sleep of your life. The same type of sleep that I've been getting with Sheets and Giggles. I'm sleeping on the softest, coolest, most breathable sheets, and that's courtesy of Sheets and Giggles. And you too, you go to SheetsGiggles.com. You're going to get the best sleep of your life with their irresistibly soft eucalyptus sheets. We're talking a unique satin weave. Their sheets are not only soft, but they're breathable. You sleep cool and comfortable all night long. You're going to go to SheetsGiggles.com. Use promo code Zazlow Upon checkout, you'll get 20% off your first order. SheetsGiggles.com. Use promo code Zazlow. You're set up. You're never going to shop anywhere else for your sheets. You're so lucky. You don't have to thank me, though, because I'm using Sheets and Giggles also. Remember, SheetsGiggles.com. You don't have to worry about where you're getting your bedding for the rest of your life. SheetsGiggles.com. Use promo code Zazlow. You get 20% off your first order. Guys, 
Let's get to good times and bad times. It is Wednesday. You know that's how we do here. We tell you which NFL fan bases after the week are having good times and which fan bases right now are going through hard times, daddy. That's right. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt, and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard time. That's hard time. Thank you, Dusty. So there we go. Good times and hard times, daddy. First, we start out with the team's fan bases that are having good times after week four. uh, Excuse me. After week three of the NFL season. We're going into week four. Number three. Good times are being had by the Buffalo Bills fans. Obviously, the Bills fan has a huge game at home this weekend against the Miami Dolphins. But after losing in Week 1 a ridiculous loss to the New York Jets, the Bills have absolutely bounced back on track. They get a blowout victory at Washington, a previously undefeated Commanders team. The Bills' defense did a tremendous job against Sam Howell. The Buffalo Bills, 2-1 and one now. The Bills fan is having good times. After week three. Number two fan base that is having good times right now. The Indianapolis Colts fan. That's right. The Colts have been very competitive through three games. And without Anthony Richardson this past week, Gardner Minshew leads them to a huge win in Baltimore. They win that game in overtime against the Ravens. They tied the game late with a field goal. They get the winner in overtime. You got the rookie coach, Steichen, Steichen, however the hell you say his name. They're 2-1. The Colts are now looking at a very winnable division between Jacksonville and Houston. I mean, nobody's afraid of that. Tennessee and Indianapolis sitting right there at 2-1. The Colts fan is having good times right now. And the team that's fan base is having the best of good times after week three right now, the Houston Texans fan. That's right. I did not believe I'd be saying that. But the Houston Texans come off of a 37-17 win at Jacksonville. Like I said, it's a very winnable division. They get their first win of the season. I don't expect them to win the division. But the bigger story is C.J. Stroud. That's right. The Texans, they look at their first-round quarterback. Stroud again, another really solid game. 20 for 30, 280 yards, He had two touchdowns and no interceptions, and that follows last week's performance where he was 30 of 47 for 384 and two touchdowns, and in his debut, he was 28 for 44 for 242 touchdowns. So, so far in the year, four touchdowns, no interceptions for C.J. Stroud. That's why the Texan fan is having good times because they feel like they got the right quarterback. They got their guy. So, number three, good times are being had by the Bills fan. Number two, Colts fan. Number one, the Texans fan right now is having good times. Now, the team's fan bases that are having hard times, daddy, after week three. Number three, the Carolina Panther fan. Panther fan is having really hard times right now. The Panthers, they drop to 0-3. They are winless on the season. They get crushed, not surprisingly, but they get crushed this weekend in a loss on the road to 
the Seattle Seahawks. They lose by 10. They give up 37 points. I guess that's not really crushed, whatever. But the point is, and yes, Bryce Young missed the game. But the point is, Bryce Young has really struggled when he has played so far. And they see what CJ Stroud is doing in Houston. And they say to themselves, wow, we traded up for the number one overall pick. Did we get the wrong guy? Uh, now look, it, we, we know what's going on with Tua. Tua, it's taken him a couple years. We're only going into week four. But still, the Panthers are 0-3. And the fan base is wondering, hey, did we get the wrong guy? Panther fan right now is going through hard times, daddy. Number two, the Chicago Bears fan is having hard times. This team sucks. I mean, there were there, there were huge expect. Well, I don't know about huge, but there were expectations going on for the Bears going into this season. We're going to find out if Justin Fields is a runner who could throw or a quarterback who could run. Right now, it looks like he's a runner that could throw, which is not what you want. The Bears got their shit kicked in. They lose by 31 at the Chiefs. You got all that controversy going on. The Bears fan is having hard times right now. They stink. And the number one fan base after week three that is going through hard times right now, the Dallas Cowboy fan. The Cowboys get tagged with their first loss of the season. They're 2-1, and one, and that's not a big deal, all right? But what is a big deal is that they got their ass kicked at the Arizona Cardinals. The previously winless Arizona Cardinals. The Josh Dobbs-led, no disrespect, Arizona Cardinals. And while, yeah, we've talked about on the show how you know, it's, it's not a... a you know, it's not some type of, it's week three with the Dolphins. Do they have to win that game to prove they're not a previous version of themselves? We've already talked about that. But with the Cowboys, if you're a Super Bowl contending team, you go to Arizona and you beat the stupid Cardinals. There's a major difference between the Dolphins. Can they prove that they're not the same old Dolphins by winning at Buffalo? And the Dallas Cowboys proving that they're not the same old Cowboys by winning at the Arizona Cardinals. And they were terrible. So the Cowboys fan is going through hard times right now. Number three, Panther fan. Number two, Bears fan. And the number one fan base after week three that is going through hard times right now is the Dallas Cowboys fan. And that right there is another edition of Good Times and Hard Times, Daddy. That's right. Let's get to Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. We start things off here. How about Chris Russo, Mad Dog Russo, Sirius XM Mad Dog Radio. Everybody knows he's my favorite all-time great legend. Today's Wednesday. Hey, I guess he must be on first take today. He's on first take every Wednesday. Looking forward to going back and watching some clips. That's my guy right there. Chris Russo yesterday on his radio show. So Joe Namath, we talked about it yesterday. I mean, he really came down hard on the Michael K show on Zach Wilson. And Chris Russo, he did not think that was... He, he doesn't see the point of Joe Namath coming down on Zach Wilson like that. I don't think we need Joe Namath to go on. And I love Namath. And I've known Namath forever. We've had him on a million times. And he's a very good guy. Always says hello, signs autographs. He's always been a very, very good guy. The Susie Colbert scenario would, uh, you know, regardless. He's been an excellent guy. But do we need Joe going on radio? And I love Kay. But we need Joe going on Michael Kay's radio show, basically calling Zach Wilson's play disgusting. And, you know, he's got to get out of there, get him out of there tomorrow. But, I mean, geez, we got to have Joe Pyle on now. This is what we got to have. An 80-year-old man go on a radio show in New York and basically say that the Jet quarterback is a disaster. A young quarterback trying to find his footing. And the Jets can't say anything to Namath 
Woody Johnson can't, Sonic can't, and Joe Douglas can't because Joe Namath is the one beacon light in the history of the franchise. So what Namath says, I mean, you know, the Jet fan and the Jet ownership and front office and coaching staff and players, and whether they agree or not, disagree vehemently, they have to keep their big fat mouth shut. What are they going to say? They're going to knock Joe Willie Namath? Namath's the reason they are the Jets. The problem is, is that Zach Wilson has been destroyed by every Jet fan that I know of and killed. Again, tarred and feathered. And the last thing the kid needs, I actually feel sorry for him. And the, the last thing he needs is Joe Willie to go on a big radio program on the Jet station and sit there and say, you know, and they basically call the guy incompetent and get him out of here, not tomorrow, yesterday. I mean, that's a tough spot. Jeez. But, I mean, it comes a point you got to, you know, I mean, jeez. I mean, how many times you're going to treat him as a panada? I mean, uh, eventually you got to say, you know what, jeez, let him play. Yeah, I I'm going big deal. I I hey, look, you're playing in New York. It's professional football. You're a major bust, all right? Everyone's going to be talking about you. But there does it does seem like, man, Joe Namath never has anything bad to say about the New York Jets. And he is, like, disgusted with Zach Wilson. So, you know what? I'm going big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So, this is on Good Morning Football earlier today. Jason McCourty, great show on NFL Network. And here's Jason McCourty. He is very fired up for Dolphins. Bills this Sunday. Um, can this game get flexed to Sunday night? Like, this is a Sunday 1 p.m. game. I know that doesn't Rico. start till week five and all that. But I'm just fired up to watch this game. When you talk about who's favorite, who's not, I think some of it has to do with Josh Allen's 8-2 against the Miami Dolphins. Two is 1-4. Just the history with these two quarterbacks playing against each other. It hasn't been pretty for the Miami Dolphins. But they put up 70 points last week. So it's going to be a fun one to watch. But I'm looking at Vic Fangio for the Miami Dolphins defense what are they going to do with Josh Allen? Because if history shows anything, Josh Allen has had his way with Vic Fangio when they played against each other. He was the head coach for the Broncos, and he's had a ton of success. And when these two teams meet up, last year we saw fireworks kind of with scoring. I was at the game in Buffalo with snow and a whole nine. And I just want to see what they're able to come up with. Sean McDermott called the office revolutionary on the other side of the ball. Revolutionary? I there's a little bit of fun, I guess, in the sense of when you see all the motions and everything that Shrey's just showed in cool plays, bro. I'm just fired up to see this one. I'm excited as hell. I don't care who's favorite mm -hmm. one way or another, whether it's slight, whether it's big. I just want to see this matchup. Yeah, I'm going big deal because, look, this has been a theme of mine for a while now. I just love that everybody's talking about the Dolphins. I mean, you got Jason McCourty there who wants the Dolphins and Bills to be flexed to Sunday night football. I just love that the Dolphins are a major team at this point, so I I'm going big deal. All right, big deal or not a big deal. So yesterday, you know how WWE likes to do this. WWE likes to, you know, uh, uh, blur the lines where are they, a, are they a real sport, are they not? And whenever big news happens, they leak the information to, like, CBS Sports or Yahoo Sports Illustrated, ESPN. And yesterday, ESPN tweets out that WWE has signed... Jade Cargill, former AEW TBS Women's Champion, to a multi-year deal. Now, we already knew this was happening, but you get a formal announcement, a breaking news from ESPN that Jade Cargill has officially signed with WWE. This is a big deal. I am a huge fan of Jade Cargill. She's very young. She's raw. But everything that she's done so far 
I think she is going to be a massive star. And look, just her look, she, her physique, she's tall, she's strong, she's big, she's black. You don't have a ton of black women who, in pro wrestling who stand out the way that she does. She is phenomenal. And she, I mean, she's gorgeous. And she is going to be a massive star in WWE. This is a big deal. I'm a very big fan. I can't wait to see her work. I don't expect her to come up through NXT. I expect when you sign a multi-year deal for millions of dollars, when you have her look, her cachet, and ESPN breaks the story, you don't come up in NXT and you start performing in front of 300 people. No. You go straight to the main roster. But... I don't expect her to be on the main roster for at least a couple months. I would imagine she's going to be training at the Performance Center for a while until everybody's comfortable and ready for her to debut. And finally, big deal or not a big deal, Keith Pompey, out in Philadelphia Inquirer, I think it is, who covers the 76ers, he does not believe that James Harden is going to show up for Sixers media day. Now, we already know James Harden said he he won't play for a team that Daryl Morey is a part of, so... You know, we'll find out. Is he a man of his word? Well, this is a big deal. James Harden opted in to his contract. $35 million. He chose to remain with the Philadelphia 76ers. And then he's not going to show up? This is a big deal. You know, the NBA, Adam Silver, Salt is Commissioner in Sports. Adam Silver, he puts out a memo about Damian Lillard and the Miami Heat to all 30 NBA teams. When's the memo coming out for James Harden not showing up to Philadelphia 76ers media day after he opted in to his contract? Where's the memo? Did I not see the memo? Where's the memo? That's a big deal. And that right there is another edition of Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. Yes. All right. Great job by everybody today. Appreciate everybody who helped put the show together. Can't do it without all your hard work. Thanks for listening. I appreciate all you guys. Make sure you, you, you download. You, uh, well, I mean, if you're listening, you already downloaded. But make sure you, you, you rate, you, you like, you comment, you tell your friends, you tell your family, you tell your mother I say hello. I appreciate all you guys listening to the show. And, of course, all of our great sponsors. Today's show brought to us by Bet Online. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Zaslow Show 2.0. You know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six-packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.